Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. In a stretch with them where they're very confident uh, and we made uh, mistakes that um, thought pressed thought we pressed when we gave up the third one that was that was uh, uh, it, it, you know we just tied it on a really nice goal to start the second period and then we forget uh, the responsibilities we have without the puck and it ended up in our net that's that's uh, that was disappointing I think I think our group was a little uh, uh, deflated and you can't be no, you need to keep the air on the tires. Uh, Roberto Luongo learned that a long time ago. In fact, 2011 Stanley Cup final. And uh, with that, you know, they the Sabres team needs, again, to reset and figure out a whole bunch of things. Hi, Marty. Uh, we're welcome in on Sabres Live here. Good afternoon. Um, this is, remember what uh, we discussed on the podcast on Monday? And that was, look, they're six points out. There's half a season to go. It's not that big a deal. The problem mm-hmm. is, is if people are looking at how they've got to this point, yes. they're going to be frustrated because this team seems to not be able to lose properly, <laughs> if I can use that phrase. The losses end up all being off lopsided, and mm-hmm. it's very deflating to use that word again. It You know, they're not... They're not these tight one goal games where they're battling and they're pulling goalie and they're all in and it's, you know, excitement. They're, they're letting these lapses in games kind of take away from sometimes the final 30 minutes of a game. And it, and it leaves you with a tough feeling. We've been saying for two weeks now, got to win two out of three, two out of three, two out of three. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? They just won two out of three. In fact, they had won three out of four coming into last night, but the loss on New Year's Eve in Ottawa, and the loss last night feel very, very, very similar and thus take the air out of the sails, albeit probably temporary. There's great opportunity to bounce back and then rattle off two or three or four on this homestand. Right, you could go five in a row in the homestand and look back and say it's five and one, but uh, I don't have the confidence to think that that can happen just because of exactly where, like history. Like we're at 41 games now, half a season. Like mm-hmm. when, as any point of this season, has the team shown, hey, we can 
really feel confident we'll win five in a row, right? Like right now you look certain teams around the league and you're like, I feel confident that Florida is not losing anytime soon. I feel confident that Seattle, the way they're playing, are not going to lose anytime soon. And you feel confident in those teams, right? Because they've proven it, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't feel confident in looking at the Sabres right now and saying they'll win five in a row. Could they do it? Absolutely. Do they have the, 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 the pieces and the tools to do it? Yes. Uh, but I... I feel confused after last game because the first five minutes of the game were probably the best five minutes, first five minutes that I've seen in a long time. Like they were all over Seattle. Mm -hmm. The Cousins line had many chances. Eric Robinson got a partial breakaway. Skinner scores. Now, I, I was I was a little confused because... And Don addressed it in the post game about Tage Thompson. He made an early switch after one shift. He made an early switch, two. two shifts. Okay, two. After, well, he probably had his mindset after one and says, I'll right. give him another one and then I'll see. But I didn't see anything really to warn and say, hey, Tage and Cousins and Tuck are not going and I'm going to make a change. And mm -hmm. and maybe you make a change temporarily, but when the game is three, two, four, two, maybe you make a change back and you say, okay, now we got to create something else because I didn't think that the Sabres were, the shot attempts are one thing. The shots on goal and another thing, but the chances, like the chances that are making Joy Decord or any other goaltender having to make the saves, mm -hmm. like it wasn't really there. So I was I was confused about that. I was also confused about the the early er change with the defense pairing because I felt like the defense pairing had worked out really well. Like Dallin and Yoki Aryu had worked out well. Um, Samuelson and Clifton had worked out well and power with Eric Johnson had worked out decent enough that I'm like, okay, we actually talked about it in the pregame and, and it really w didn't take long that it was, oh, Samuelson back with Darlene, um, you know, and, and so I feel like Don was frustrated by the mistakes and he said it after the game, the mistakes, we made mistakes. He didn't want to discredit Seattle's play, but he basically put it on his guy and say, we made too many mistakes. So, um, I felt like there was a lot of quick changes in that game where it was a game that wasn't going the wrong direction in the first five, 10 minutes of the game. Well, the defense didn't change entirely. It was just moments here, here and there. I yeah, mean, Darlene still played with Henry the most, and I believe the rest of the pairings were also that way. So for well, it's assuming, changing again uh, this morning at practice right now, though. And I think that's what the, the thought was throughout the game as Donnie wasn't happy with the way that they was rolling and the pairs were going. So he was changing pieces here and there and going back to them. He was looking for a uh, probably a, a, a magic wand to to wave and, and stop making defensive mistakes. Yeah. I mean, Samuelson still played the most with Clifton. Um, so... I think there were moments, and I have to assume that these were more matchup related, uh, that, that the coaching staff was doing this regardless. Um, you know, they all come out of it, um, taking the, lo the loss here and, and do so with what is a, a kind of a maddeningly inconsistent performance at home. I would agree. In fact, with your early game assessment, I thought first 10 minutes, uh, to be fair, was, was really strong for them. Yeah. Um, obviously they ended up on 19 shots, but almost miraculously, uh, or unbelievably in a game that featured only two penalties, um, 
they lost the special teams battle, you know, um, Seattle goes one for one and, uh, Buffalo goes zero for one with, uh, really nothing going. And they are now in this, well, it's largely the whole season, but in the last 20 games, they are in a window that is, uh, no matter how well they play at five on five, I think this, this special teams window that they're in is, mm-hmm. is going to but, but diminish they, any chance of winning. Marty, their, their net power play over the last 20 games, meaning power play goals scored and shorthanded goals they've given up, their net power play in the last 20 games is 1.8%. Yeah. I don't know if that's ever existed before. It probably has. I've just never seen it. Well, no, I'm and, sure it and, has in in a in a smaller sample, in a five game sample, in a six game sample, not in twenty games. Yeah, and their penalty kill, unfortunately, has uh, has uh, lingered around the well. It's thirty first in that twenty game window. These are not desirable talking points. I'm merely pointing out facts here that in a largely five on five game um special teams still managed to have a really pronounced negative impact last yeah night. but i look at it as as and, and you're right the numbers will tell you the special teams in a very small sample against seattle had a mm. negative impact i look at it a little bit differently i look at it as individually goal to goal and what the situation happened i think it's mistakes at five on five that eventually kind of sink you in this game even you give up a power play goal but it's because you gave up a breakaway to yanni gord a five on five mistake and it's your kiaru that had to come back and take a slashing penalty my opinion mm. be honest with you that should have been a penalty shot. And right now, as we sit this morning after last mm-hmm. night's game, I'm like, man, do I hope, do I wish they would have given a penalty shot? Because they ended up giving a power play goal to Vince Dunn, you know, on that goal. So I'm like, well, maybe Levi would have made the save on Yanni Gord on the breakaway, and maybe it's one-one after the first period, and it's different. But mm-hmm. look, Yanni Gord rebound was an unfortunate miscommunication between Krebs and Benson in the zone, right? They both kind of wanted to take the puck. They didn't. It ends up a turnover. The Vince Dunn power play goal was coming off a Yoki Aryu penalty after there was a breakaway. The Wenberg breakaway was a, 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 I don't want to call it a rookie mistake. It's not even a rookie mistake. It's a basic like you talking mistake where if you are the last man back, like Owen Power was, you cannot pursue like to the wall and give up a breakaway. The Mm -hmm. old adage was, if you're on a three-on-two, don't make it a two-on-one. And if you're on a two-on-one, don't make it a breakaway, right? (laughs) Like you can't always go minus one, minus one, minus one. And -hmm. that's what happened. And all of a sudden it's three-two. Like you just got back in the game, tuck, nice goal. You make that type of mistakes. Can't happen. And I think Don Granado last night seemed frustrated with the mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The Beneers shot down the wing. It's a bad goal. Devin Levi's got to make that save. It's a bad goal. But both Dallin and Power made that wide left turn in the in the regroup. And that's all you need in the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. I don't you don't need 50 feet of space to create. You need five feet of space to create. And that wide turn to the left and then coming back to the right allowed mm-hmm. Beneers to get closer to the net. Is it a bad goal? Yes, but it's still mistakes that can't happen. And so at the end, yeah. You didn't score on your power play late in the game at 5-2, and you gave up a goal on their power play. But 5-on-5, there was a ton of mistakes that were happening, and not even with the puck, away from the puck. And that's what, to me, was the big difference. 
You know what didn't matter? Uh, no, I don't know. Face-offs. Yeah, the Kraken sure. are terrible on face-offs. <laughs> Pathetic, wow. quite frankly. Under 40% last night, and yet no one's talking about it. No one's coming out of the arena talking about Buffalo's 63% effort on face-offs. I just don't understand it. Uh, you're just picking on face-off crowd. And plus, they scored a goal on a face-off loss. Like, the Seattle won one of their 40% face-off, and that's all. I always say, you you know, be ready to play. Be ready yeah. to play regardless of the face-off won or loss. On that play, Tuck was ready to jump. He, he jumped, and yeah. that's why the first 10 minutes were good for the Sabres. They were jumping. Yes. They were creating. They Look, I don't mind a team that takes chances. I, we showed in the first intermission, how many times did a defenseman lead the rush, drop the puck back to a forward that was, you know, coming in on the rush and then drove the net. You're taking chances. You want to score goals. That's fine. The other stuff, the going over to the wall at, at the one player and allowing a breakaway, the, the turning the wrong way, as I said, on, on the Maddie Bernier's goal, that's not being aggressive. No, that's mistakes being that's, reckless. Like that's yeah. not being aggressive. Yeah. And, and, and at times it's being just casual. And mm-hmm. I think that's the difference. I like an aggressive team. You want to be aggressive, be aggressive. You want to jump mm-hmm. on the rush, make a three on two into a four on two, and then you're going to skate your butt off to get back in the play. Absolutely. Be aggressive. Mm-hmm. But when it's those type of mistakes, like it just, it pains, it pains me to, to, to say that's really what the, the story of the game was. The best teams are disciplined and discipline comes in many shapes and forms. And it includes sticking to the, the plan. And, and those moments that you're speaking of are not drawn up by the coaches. No. It's, and the coaches, the coaches said, what did Don say yesterday or the day before? Yeah. We won two in a row. Whoop, did be, you. Better. be better. Yeah. Be better. You got to be better. Right. Mm-hmm. And look, we, I'm not saying I take my cue from, but I, I, I often over the last seven, eight years, I've had a, a a view of the game, and then I listen to the coaches after the game, Sabres or other teams, right? Mm-hmm. Other other teams around the league, and I'm like, oh, I didn't really see it that way. Um, but the last few games here, even if they won two in a row, even if they had won three out of four, mm-hmm. I felt like Don Granado is like, this is not good enough. Be better mm-hmm. in all aspects of the game. And so when I watched the game against Seattle last night, and I get in the car and I'm listening to Don Granado post you know, game presser and I feel a little frustration, anger with it. I'm like, well, that's, that's where it comes from. It comes from, he wants everybody to just do more, be better. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, there was guys, I felt like cousins line had so many chances. I would say they were the better line and they had chances. They just can't finish. So like for them, be better is try to find the back of the net. I know it's the NHL. It's hard, but that, that's what we need now. Find the back of the net. Everything else seems to be good. For others, it's just make smart plays. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, I, I mean, it goes without saying this. Um, they need more rebound goals. Um you pointed you, you pointed out a really, really interesting play from the second period last night when all of a sudden the seas parted and Quinn was able to walk in. Yeah, and you were hoping through your telestration that both Cousins and Paterka would have angled towards the goal and made life a little more difficult for Joey Decord. But what you also opened up for anybody that was watching was the reality of how Paterka and Quinn have developed over the course of their time in Rochester and Buffalo. And that is usually pass first. Yeah. And when you looked at it and no one would ever want to take away Quinn from shooting, especially the way he's shooting right now, but JJ knows he was wide open for an open net and probably assumed that Quinn was going to pass it to him yeah. in that situation. It was it was an incredible visual that you created through your telestration. And I was like, oh, I could totally, like, because cliches lead us to think that every situation should be very similar, that you should always just pile the net, pile the net, pile the net. Well, not always in today's world, because when you can move the puck so quickly and with such confidence, because you have chemistry between line mates, which is what we've seen in the duos and the lines that have been consistent over time here. Yep. I looked at that after the fact multiple times and thought, wow. And I don't know if Jack is thinking that, oh, maybe I should have passed. But it certainly opened my eyes to thinking JJ was thinking he's going to receive a pass here. Yeah, and I, but at the same time, I'm looking also as JJ, who hasn't been able to find the back of the net, mm -hmm. like... Maybe what your first thought is, is has not been working of late. Like do, yeah. do something else, be better, do something else. But I, I really feel like there was an option there, but, um, you know, everybody's been squeezing a little bit. You're down yep. in the game. You're like, okay, I'm going to shoot and create. I'm going to beat that goalie. I'm going to beat that goalie clean. Right. So Mike Kelly of NHL network sports logic had a number yesterday when he talked about Willie Nylander and his success. And he said, listen, 86% of goals scored by Ford in the NHL are coming from the slot. Uh, I would have thought it was 96% of goals from NHL Fords is coming from the slot, but 86. Okay. Whatever. It's a big number anyway. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jack Quinn got to the slot, right? Like Dylan Cousins got to the slot. JJ Paterka has gotten to the slot a few times, not as much as the other two, but has gotten there. Yeah. Um, then I'm thinking, okay, well, Tage got put on a line with Benson and Greenway, maybe for two reasons. Don Granado says he didn't like what he was seeing after a couple of shifts and wanted to put Casey there. But also maybe let's get Benson and Greenway going with who is arguably the, the top 
you know, producing guy on the team when healthy and, and all said and, and done. And, but that line didn't find the middle of the ice at all. Like Greenway Benson Thompson didn't find the middle of the ice. And other than their goal, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Tuck Skinner, uh, middle stat, they really didn't find the middle of the ice often either. So that's, that's a big difference for me. And Skinner mispracticed today with an upper body injury, according to the team. So we'll monitor that moving forward. Um, what, did you make of the Thompson line switch? And obviously today at practice, he was back with Tuck, but also with Olofsson because Skinner's absence obviously left that left side open on that line. Like, are, do you just look at it as like a a one-off kind of thing? Um, how do you think it developed so quickly that, that the lines were changed the way they were, Middlestat uh, and Thompson flipping spots? Um, I don't think that was just the start of the Seattle game. I think usually when things happen that quickly, it comes from practice. It comes from the games before some of the notes, right? Coaches write down notes and they're like, um, didn't love Thompson's game here. Let's, let's see. Let's see. Right. And, and, um, you know, Don Granado kind of said it after the game. He said, and, and this is, this was interesting for me in his comment. He says, when you're with these guys every day for a whole season, practice on the road and games, you get a really quick feel. And it's usually pretty accurate on how guys are doing, how they're feeling, how they're, you know, in the game or not in the game. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, you know, I needed to make the change. I wanted to put Milstad there because I didn't like what I was seeing. He didn't say specifically, I didn't like what I was seeing out of Tage Thompson. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's kind of understood here that that was the 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 party that was being affected by this change. So, but I, I'll be honest with you, that's the one thing. Like fans, all you know, sometimes you watch from the outside, like the practice aspect of it as a as a player, mm-hmm. it tells as much of a story as the games. Are you engaged in practice? Are you doing the right things in practice? How are you? Uh, putting the work in, right? And and especially for goaltenders, I feel like for goaltenders, you can really tell if they're engaged in practice or not and if they're ready for a game. Forwards is a little bit different, but I feel like this was not a, you know, the game started, Don Granado was really, really confident. His lineup was like the lineup he should go with. But five minutes in, he was like, oh no, I made a mistake, I need to change. I almost feel like that was lingering, that he had put the lines together knowing in the back of his mind, if 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 the if that feeling I have in my gut doesn't change in the first five minutes, I'm gonna make something happen right away. I I think that's that's how it came about. Thompson had points in his previous four games, but that came to an end last night. Now, if you're looking at the forward group, you're looking at Greenway, Benson, Cousins, and Paterka as the players with the longest droughts. And before the season, you wouldn't have you know made a big deal out of Greenway and Benson uh, being in this quartet. But the fact of the matter is, if the lines revert, then you have your leading scorer, Middlestat, playing with these two players. So you you obviously need that to get going. And the bigger thing, which we briefly hit on in the pregame last night was the fact that you know cousins and paterka uh, like their goalless droughts now are at eight and 12 games respectively despite the fact that we've looked at jack quinn as a positive insertion to the lineup obviously and you already mentioned their chances Mm -hmm. that they had last night i don't i don't think the chances sustain themselves all the way through i thought seattle looked 
um, very comfortable just kind of grinding the rest of the game out without a real regard for racking up more shots. I mean, why did they need to? They, they, they quickly amassed a three goal lead in the second period on five shots. Right. And they just looked like this machine that rolls over. They, they ended up, they had a forward from every one of their lines pick up a point last night. Yeah. And (laughs) that was the most obvious thing going into this game was for a team that hadn't found their stride until now, the most recent 11 games, they look very, very, very balanced on paper. And so now over the course of this uh, streak that they're on, which is an 11 gamer, the Kraken are averaging 3.37 goals per game, which is a nice number. It's, it's down about two tenths from where they were last year overall, but three, you can live with 3.37. That's a fine number. And their goals against in that stretch is 1.37. So almost that's a bigger number. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes and no. I mean, for a team that has been scoring well below three, to get up over three is a huge hurdle and it's very reflective of what they can do when healthy with that group of 12 that they iced last night. So what they did last night though, Duffer is, is Seattle very opportunistic in their chances. They score on four of five chances. When Vince Dunn scored at -hmm. the end of the first period on the power play, they, after that scored on three of their next four chances. So Mm -hmm. they scored on four or five chances. That's right there. And the Sabres after when Tuck scored, the Sabres expected goals at that point was two. They finished the game at three. So 21 minutes into the game, they had created two expected goals. And in the next 39, they created one. Like that's, even if it's score effect, like that number should have been a lot different. I think like Seattle just were opportunistic on their chances and they knew exactly what they needed to do. But the point is, my point is, is if you're, if you were looking at it going into the game, that's what you would expect because of how Seattle's lines are constructed. If an opportunity presents itself to Seattle, each of their lines is equally capable of doing the finishing. That's the beauty of it. And that's what the goal in all of this should be. Have the balance, right? Which is why we focus the way we do on line configurations, line chemistry, and ultimately line shot attempts and production. Because if you're, if you have these significant drop-offs, guess what's going to happen in the game? You're going to have these significant drop-offs. Seattle looked like a team that was poised to just be like this all the way through last night. And they were sure nobody's, you say it all the time. Nobody's going to win all 60 minutes of a game. Seattle hadn't played since last Thursday. Yeah, no. They and weren't. so obviously their first 10 minutes was likely going to be a little bit like this. And then they were reminded of the fact that eh, we haven't lost in 10 games. Let's uh, get back to what we do here. And, and they it were was, fine. and it was Gordon. It was Tanev. And it's those guys that Schwartz also just came back. Schwartz, yeah, they, and, they, they started yeah. picking up pieces, but I said in the pregame yesterday, entering last night's game, the difference between the top producing line with the Seattle Kraken, their points total, the three members of a line, and their lowest producing line is 34 points, okay? Entering last night's game, the difference between the top producing line for the Sabres and the least production line with the Sabres was 69 points. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like that's a big number. When your top end is, is heavy, but your bottom doesn't produce, and mm-hmm. Seattle is completely... Build the other way. And really, when you look at their line, if you line them one, two, three, four, their top production line was the third mm-hmm. line, 
when you put it together, right? So they they are the mode that line that produces the most. Uh, but yeah, 34 points between top and bottom is is yeah. nothing at all. It's very yeah. bad. And let's not confuse this with us saying that this is the ultimate way to build a team. Well, no, absolutely. The Kraken are the Kraken, and they have embraced what they are. They became a 100-point team last season and made the playoffs and got through round one. And now, after an eight-game losing streak, appear to have found exactly what they were a year ago, and they're doing it with the best goaltending stretch they've had in franchise history. It's a perfect marriage at the moment, and it may last, yet they're not even in a playoff spot. It's yeah. unreal that they've gone 11 games without a regulation loss, and yet they and Red Hot Edmonton won eight in a row, are tied for the second wild card right now, with the Oilers having three games in hand. Arizona scored a major win on home ice in overtime against Boston last night. They're one back. St. Louis got yeah. torched by the Red Hot Panthers and Matthew Kachuk last night. They're in the hunt. And Calgary had a comeback win over Ottawa. They are in the hunt. And sadly, this one might hurt the most from my Western Conference allegiances. It might not be long before L.A. is not only in the hunt, but out of the hunt out because they've ahead. dropped six in a row and they are finding ways to lose and now doing so both home and away. And we, your Nashville Predators. So it's your LA Kings and your Nashville Predators. Well, you know what I mean, Marty? Like I'm a front runner. The Kings were the Kings were challenging for top spot overall. I was I get it, but on it's, that bandwagon. <laughs> the Kings and the Nashville Predators, two teams that you have uh kind of liked over the past um like they it. are in trouble and i do think that there's a lot of push we're not even talking about the minnesota wild dude obviously they have all their injuries but they're still you know could could with a good they're a long ways out now yeah. um they're five points out it's not a long ways a good week could put him back in it mm. you sound so glass half full i like you you're very good well, You're very good days. that way, Marty. My 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 drink is half empty, more than half empty right now. So your drink looks like the Kraken on faceoffs last night. Yeah, um, well, it's less than twenty percent. That's for sure. Mental health awareness night is coming up on January seventeenth. Buffalo and Chicago that night, but before the game, it's important to get involved in the conversation for all. Pre-game panel discussion with founder of Same Here, that's Eric Cusin. We had him on the broadcast last year, and of course, after that discussion, which happens over at Lecom Harbor Center, we look forward to seeing you at the game. You can visit sabers.com slash same here to get your tickets and learn more. Dan Dunleavy coming up as we roll on Sabres live after this. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.